we are there's a countdown dad so you have about 10 seconds there or not the clock doesn't work all the time okay hey everybody um it is wednesday here on live long and podcast december 2nd 2020 and we are here to cover the original series this week's episode in ted treks is the, the second season um episode four from 1967 who mourns for adonais i'm dave Mater, uh coming at you with star trek tv and movie reviews and we're here to break down this episode with a great panel first we got my dad ted how are you doing dad Uh, good day. That's Adonis. No, it's Adonis. Okay. You and um, else, but it's Adonis. No, he might be an Adonis, but the episode's name is Adonis. Um, and then we got uh, we got Adam Woodward. How are you doing, Adam? I'm great, Dave. Thank you. And we also have Jody Simpson. Jody, I heard you got a bit of a sinus thing tonight, but you know, I th- are you doing okay? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be all right. A little bit of a frog, if you will. So here, yeah. I got my mug of water here. We're good. Awesome, and, and we're here to like just break down this episode from 1967, which is an episode uh, where the great giant, the the giant green space hand, uh, makes an appearance and stops the Enterprise dead in space, and it turns out to be the Greek god. Oh, Apollo. Let's find him here. Oh, there he is, as played by Michael Forrest. And we learn that he actually is the Greek god Apollo from the uh, from 5,000 years ago. And he gets involved here with a young lieutenant, Carolyn Palamas, who, who is quite seduced by him on this away mission. She's the archaeology and, uh, and mythology officer, I suppose. Uh, he, uh, he gets her all up in this dress and uh, and, you know, and all of that. So, hey, so let's talk about this episode. Dad, I'd like to start with you. Uh, Dad, uh, who mourns for Adonais? Do you? No, I don't okay. mourn for Adonis. I, I, I mourn for Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got I to gotta process that. Okay, let's go over to Adam. Um, Adam, uh, who mourns for Adonais? What's your thoughts? Uh, it was okay. <laughs> It was okay. It started good again, um, but I just felt it went a little long. But it was it was okay. It was a good episode. Okay, and Jody, where are you sitting with this? Uh, it's an okay episode. It's an okay. So middle. Of the, okay, we're so getting some lukewarm, uh, not not uh, complete uh, dismissals, or uh, or or you're not throwing out the baby with the bathwater. But we're gonna break this all down. So this episode, as mentioned, is the giant green space head that stops them in space and that's how this episode starts well actually we get we get a little bit of a setup here with scotty flirting with the uh, aforementioned carolyn palamas um uh, who uh and there's this conversation between kirk and mccoy who they're like what you know scotty's into her but she's not into scotty and i think mccoy's a little jealous here um or he he he, he was definitely macking for sure yeah, um, and and then they say they, they you know some a couple comments here just about how well soon she'll find a man and then she'll be out of the service, you know, and that will be it. <laughs> that, that again, that just uh, sign of the times, man. Like you know, uh, she's, one two one two sexist punch. Yeah, getting married, you got to quit your job. Like I, you know, I don't know why, but boy, well, she's yeah, got to get pregnant, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, and I, I know it's not fun facts yet, but Jeff's not here, so I feel like I can supersede. There was an ending to this episode um, that was cut. It was written. I don't. Oh. I think they shot it. And basically, what it was is that she is pregnant by the end of this episode by Apollo, uh, and McCoy does not know how to handle it. So, um, but that was cut from the episode. So that does not count. That does doesn't mean that happened. Um, because it didn't make the final airing, but yes, that was the original. That wasn't the original plan for this story, but um, yeah, Scotty's a lovesick guy for, her, and 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 you're right. It's not a good look on Starfleet Kirk here because he's like, I don't think so much of it as losing an officer as actually. Wait, no, I am losing an officer. Um, if if she were to marry Scotty, I suppose. Um, anyway, but there are some other good things in this episode that I want to get to too. 
Um, but the space hand, I think, shows up uh, not long after that, and uh, and they don't really know what to make of it. Uh, and that's when uh, the floating head of Apollo, I think, appears through the view screen and says, "Hey, I knew you. I always knew. I knew you would make it back to space. My my favorite uh, worshippers. I am Apollo, and let's come down to the planet." And so they they don't really have a choice because they can't escape the big giant green space hand that's stopped the ship dead in space. So, but but Spock's not invited because he reminds him of Pan, and Pan always bored Apollo. Is there what question? Why was um? Do you think that was? Do you accept Spock or, or Apollo's reason here, or is there more to not allowing Spock to come along? Uh, I think it's just the the plot required Spock to be on the ship. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was handled well. I mean, it was good. I thought that they handled, you know, Kirk questioned, you know, you get hurt feelings, Spock, you know, or whatever he said. Well, feeling, you know, hurt feelings would require emotions. I don't have that. I mean, it was good. It was handled well. I mean, definitely recognize the fact that he was centered out um, because of his ears, and you know, it was good. It was they handled that 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 scene pretty well, you know, versus. The female part of the yeah that, that scene wasn't so good um but what i was trying yeah like what i was also trying to kind of figure out was do i like it more when spock and kirk are teamed up like usually where kirk goes spock is always on the mission right but this is this is one of the times where they're they're, they're kind of dividing and conquering if you will right De dealing with different issues of the problem i think i like it more when these two are kind of split up I like the McCoy-Kirk dynamic better than I like the Spock and Kirk dynamic. So I'd rather have McCoy down with with uh, with Kirk, personally. I, I like the... Huh? Sorry. Sorry, Ted, go ahead. No, I, I, I was I just going to ask uh, him. He... I think they both work together. Excuse <laughs> me. I think they both okay, work together, well, but uh, you know, just different episodes require different um, means and uh, different sure. um, different uh, things. But the same, the same token, you know, you've got your you got a pretty big crisis going up on the ship. I mean, you got a hand or the energy field rolling you in place. They need a, they need a senior officer up there, so it worked out. Right? Yeah, no, it made sense. It was all fine. It just it, it I did notice it because. We've watched what thirty-five of these episodes together as a group as a podcast, and like almost every time Spock goes with Kirk, so it, st it yeah. stands out a little bit to me there. Um, once they show up on the planet, uh, it's so the landing party is Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, Chekhov, who's in a terrific wig. I gotta say, yeah, wow, yeah, he looked very, very young. Yes, this is yeah. like maybe one of the first things he ever shot. Like this is early in Chekhov's. Well, this will come up later in the fun facts, but all seven original cast members, this is the first episode they showed in uh, broadcast was. All right, of them Sulu's together. there. He's on the bridge with yeah. Uhura. We, we later on see Uhura doing some pretty fun stuff, like down there fixing stuff, being having agency and... and, and Slattering you know, gun and sparks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, she's she's... That was something at the time. Like that meant something to mm -hmm. show that kind of thing. Um, but this landing party, you know, she's Palamas is like, why am I here? And she's like, well, isn't this your department? Archaeology, anthropology, ancient civilizations. Uh, quite much like that historian who was brought on the mission with Khan to over to the space siege ship. Um, this officer who never expected to have to do much, but twice this has come up. At least. Yeah, and both times, they mean, these officers are sort of troublemakers. They are troublemakers. They are sympathetic to hostile forces, both of them. Um, you know, and, and these, uh, so the, the con stories season one, this is not long after in season two. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit, uh, I don't know what to I make of it. I think it's just insulting to the characters, honestly, that they're so able to be you know, swept off their feet by these men and, you know, that they want to leave Starfleet, which, you know, everybody works very hard to be in. Like, it just seems very odd that, that you know, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a little too eager. They're a little too eager yeah. to kind of throw away what you would assume is like their career, what they're, what they want to achieve in life. They joined Starfleet, I assume not to get married, but maybe they did. I don't know. So um, it, it, it does come across a little strange. I guess the other one was... Um, 
they they run into these other situations. Like sometimes they run on a planet and it's like Nazi Germany. Sometimes they run on a planet and it's ancient Rome. You do need these people on your ship. I just think they should be less surprised that they're called into action so much, considering the track record of the show. Mm-hmm. Moving on. All right. So once they get down, they meet Mr. Apollo, who's throwing his lightning bolts, and he's pretty into uh, Palamas right from the beginning. Scotty, very jealous. He's a lovesick, jealous guy here. Um, and and this keeps playing out. We They keep showing us you know basically it's spock uhura and sulu trying to like solve for the fact that they're trapped by the space hand above so we keep kind of flipping between those two stories here um but apollo kind of takes palamas away and he seduces her you know he's like he tells the story uh you know of how they don't really buy it at the beginning that he's who he says he is but they kind of put it together that he is kind of who he says he is he that the and it kind of uh is an interesting science fiction notion of like that all of our mythology around gods and these more powerful beings could just be aliens that uh that once existed um you know and this has become more of a prevalent science fiction theory in in today's age it's too bad jeff's not here because this is one of his areas that he that he looks into quite a bit but um yeah what what did you think of that jody like just in terms of the trying to connect theology to sort of uh, something in, in fact. Well, I think it's a good way to tie the story. Um, I think it's an interesting premise. You know, the odds, you know, I, there is one part eventually where, you know, he says, you need gods or something like that. And Kirk's like, I only have one. That's fine. You know, it's like. We have the one. Then, we find the one quite the adequate. One. Yeah, the one yeah. quite adequate. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I like the idea of the fact that, you know, the Greek gods could have just been aliens. Like it's, it's, it's an interesting premise for sure. Now question is Apollo, he's half human, right? He says that his mother is Leto, who was a human who married Zeus. Mm -hmm. Right. So Apollo is at least half human, right? Well, and I think that's kind of the reason why you see the fact that he has to be tied to this you know, this statue monument thing. Like the uh, temple thing, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, maybe that's why he has to harness the power versus, you know, it's always there kind of thing. Right, because uh, McCoy does scan him with the tricorder. He says he reads as human, except he has this little organ in his chest that he can't figure out. Yeah, he's got this only... extra thing, yeah. He's got this little extra thing. That's his little uh, car battery. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, okay, and, and, you know, this whole, I guess, like, considering who cares, lieutenant palamas is what her area of expertise is it's not completely um out of the notion that she would be sort of enthralled by apollo uh especially when you know compared to scotty you know looking a little bit what happened to the other girl from a couple episodes back who was also an anthropologist kind of she, uh, she went with Khan. oh that's right she ended up with Khan. so but this happened Let's before place Khan. Oh, this is a replacement. Yeah, because that would have been before. Okay, yeah. So yeah, she- Palamas is oh, presumably on. the replacement. Space Seed happens after this. No, Space Seed's before this. Space Seed's season one. This is season yeah. two. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot it- of uh, meds in me right now. And it could just be the fact that hey, everyone liked that um, that Space Seed story from season one. Let's make another story kind of like that. I could see that have been sort of uh, maybe an early development for this. Well, maybe we'll find out. Um, but, you know, I, when I watch this episode, I do get mad at her too. I'm like, hey, you know, where's your loyalty? And Kirk gives this great speech later on in the episode, which I think is the best part of the episode, right? Where he's, you know, I... Um, what does he say? He says, like, we're human. We have this shared this shared heritage, right? Because, like, yes, I think that this Apollo character is a bit more of a tragic figure than Khan. He's less villainous, pure villainous than Khan was. But he's not a good, he's doing, he's not doing good things, right? And he goes, you know, here, look, human flesh against human flesh. We're the same. We share the same history, the same heritage, the same lives. We're tied together beyond anything else. Doesn't matter if we're man or woman or human. And we couldn't escape from each other if we wanted to so that's that's what you need to remember that's where your duty lies and i don't know that that's the speech in the episode that he he has to like basically shake into her in order to sort of get her to remember who she is and what her job is here because you basically all she has to do is kind of break up with apollo 
and uh, and that breaks his heart. How did you guys feel about all that? It was necessary. It had to happen. Like, like, listen, it was desperate. I mean, desperation. They're they're in trouble. They can't seem to break free of this guy. He's got enormous power, you know, over her as well. But she is the way out. And I, I'm glad he had that talk with her because honestly, I mean, she she kind of needed it. And you know, without her, like she became the hero of the story. Honestly, by by you know when you when you come down to the end of it, she came around. Thank goodness. And and was able to um, you know to to break away from Adonis, even though it killed her, because you can see how upset she was around it. But uh, you know, I think she would have stayed there. I mean, she was all in. Like I, I'm going to be the mother of the new goddess. You know. Yeah, but she I, was, th I think the real hero here is Scotty. Why? Scotty gets thrown around like a yeah, rag doll. He gets thrown around like a rag doll, <laughs> and he still stands up after. The man, the man's just a rock. Like he gets electrocuted too. Uh, it's it's not a good day for Scott. Some like, could say that he actually harnessed the power of the gods, so that way everybody else wouldn't die. Yeah, yeah. he's one of the heroes in the beginning. That's all he wanted. Uh, he just wanted that. Girl At one time, he got, he he took a hit on one of them, and he just went flying. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. just missed that pillar by it. And Kirk and Kirk yeah. just gets the and Kirk just gets the choke, so that way William Shatner can overact and choke some more. It kind of looked like he was um, actually doing his own stunts too. Shatner, yeah, yeah like because there's not no, really no, no. like Scotty. Oh, Scotty. Scotty. Yeah. I can buy that. Wouldn't shock me. The dude's like a, a war vet, man. Like guy's yeah. tough as nails to begin with. So wouldn't shock me. Lost fingers and everything. Um, yeah. They do such a good job of hiding the fingers too. Like they, I, I never ever see, I never ever see him missing the finger. Yeah, you really have to look for it, and it's only in a yeah. few episodes you can you can kind of see it, but it's very. Yeah, they, it's, always, it's, they always do a good job. They always have them slightly off camera or something. It's amazing. I also think that you know the the whole using the Greek gods was important. I mean, you know, consider the time like you know in school they were still studying the classics. Um, not like today. I mean, it wouldn't have yeah. the same. Um, you know, the Apollo missions were happening as well, so that can't be a coincidence. Pardon me? The Apollo oh, the missions Apollo were happening, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that couldn't have been a coincidence. Just, just the whole, you know, in school, I mean, it was, a, it was a thing. You studied classics. You knew about Greek history, and you just don't yeah. see that connection today. I don't think it would have the same resonance. Yeah, my, my kids haven't learned it. No. Yeah, that's true, right? Because, like, yeah, like someone like Apollo, everybody would kind of, at the time watching this episode, kind of would have connected to that, right? And now. And Jody, I mean, you made a great point. The, the whole NASA program, Apollo program, was yeah. heyday of it. So, I mean, it's it's even more, more important. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, yeah, me either. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's that, yeah, what happened to all that? Why did all that fade away from our. Our culture. I'd have to kind of think. Well, about the Greek gods thing is a, is myth at best, anyway. So it's like, oh, why yeah, would you teach kids that now? No, but you remember they, they really tried during the '80s with Clash of the Titans. I think you know, good movie. The original was great. Even the remake was good. But yeah, it's pretty much gone away. I think. I blame Kevin Sorbo and the Hercules. The legend continues, or whatever. <laughs> if anything, Kevin Sorbo helped that. <laughs> and Xena. Yeah. What about Xena, Warrior Princess? Uh, well, there's a lot of reasons to watch Xeno Warrior Princess. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, but okay, but Apollo, he's like, hey, welcome everybody. Guess what? You're all going to worship me just like it was 5,000 years ago, and you're going to tend over the, the sheep and the goats. That's going to be your new, uh, your new, yeah, but, but he was actually kind of surprised that they didn't all get excited about that. <laughs> well, okay, well, let's weigh this out for yeah. a second. Starship and new and new, uh, you know, things to see in the world that is exciting or fuck around with sheep. Come on, yeah, yeah that one's an easy one. Is and Apollo smart? What's that? Is Apollo smart? I, I don't think he's, I, I just think he is really, I think he's average he's, intelligent. I don't think he's super smart, yeah. I don't think he's dumb either. You just come from a place where you know everybody did worship you, and you're a god. You're literally a god. Um, to now humans pushing back and questioning and saying, uh, "No, we're not going to tend to the sheep. We, we have something to do." 
but he tells us himself that he they that his, his, him and his his uh, um, Olympians they left because basically the, um, the the ancestors human ancestors eventually rejected them or forgot them, and so they all kind of said, well, if you're not going to like worship us, we're just going to leave. Um, and now this is like thousands of years later, and he's kind of assuming that these humans have like re regressed into the point where oh Apollo, it's you, man. Yeah, we were into the space travel thing, but you know, forget that. We're just gonna. Thank God we found you. Yeah, exactly. Or, or is Apollo just this really sad child character who just wants somebody to love him again, and all of his family are gone, and is is he to be pitied really more than anything? He kind of almost reminds me of that child that had the, you know, the, the, the fake suit. Thing I can't remember. It Ted loves that episode. Um, can't remember the guy's name. Yes, yes. With that, with uh, Ron Howard's. Uh, oh, Baylock. Yeah, you mean Baylock, you mean uh, Baylock, yeah. Clint with Clint Howard as a child? And yeah, Clint Howard. Like it kind of reminds me of that character because yeah. he's the Mitch McConnell. <laughs> he's he's almost like he's got an adolescent mind, but yet he's an adult. You know, so it's like that's kind of interesting. I thought. Yeah, like but, but you know what though? He still like look how Palamas responded to him. She was like again, like, "Oh, I'll I'll go with you in a second. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't much of a conversation. Well, let's went. be let's be honest though. The dude's ripped. Like the guy oh, yeah. is like in peak physical form. Like the guy no, is amazing to look at. Like fuck, I almost went gay looking at him. Like <laughs> come on, like this was almost uh played by John Voight apparently too. I something I just read. Uh, I can't I can't imagine John Voight doing this better. I can't. 1960s John Boy. Uh, that's that's Even pretty deliberate. Hey, what did you think of yeah. when? Uh, what did you think of when Adonis or Apollo rather got really big? When he grew up to like this huge when, when massive he, guy. I I, I, I didn't it was, yeah it was, no. He, yeah, he was like like ten times real life size. Um, I think that overall they they did it. The the effect looks good for the time for what like for the 1960s i guess right i don't know they did they yeah. did much better green screen grow up shots and movies back then too so i don't know it's a little I, bit too jolly green giant for me um, it, you know, it's brutal the lighting it was wrong. a little bit like that yeah it was a little yeah. jolly green giant right especially his hand his space hand is green. we called it the friendly okay giant. the space mm -hmm. hand isn't him though right. and if i'm doing if i'm doing the facts later i'll let you know who it actually is oh, okay Who's the hand model? I know exactly who the hand was. All right, I gotta find out. Uh, I'll let you know. They called the hand an energy field, though. They didn't call it a hand. Like, they, oh, it they looked were... like a bloody hand. Come on. They no, I know. Call it the hand. At least, they were at least trying to explain it. You know, yeah, I mean, that's they, true. They didn't call it a hand. They said it was an. Energy. What did they call it, Adam? An energy field. What did they call it? Energy field. Yes. It just it looked. It just looked like a hand. This is like one of the early episodes I ever watched of the original series. Like the, the idea of this hand stopping their ship in space is very like distinct in my memory because of it, just because I watched this episode a lot when I was young for whatever reason. So <laughs> I'm very familiar with this episode because I've watched it many times. Um, the one thing that I thought was interesting is I went back and looked at it this time and watched it again and i'm like the phasers are blue but i remember them being red so i looked it up and it turns out the remaster is blue so they, but they were it, red in the but they were red in the original yeah. Oh, yeah okay so they changed it because apparently there was some trailer or something that had them as blue originally so yeah, this is there they are. that's uh, the remaster the remastered version that's apollo's temple there which it turns out to be a machine that is also connected to that little organ in his chest that allows him to sort of do the things he does and you see him a few times he gets weak and he kind of collapses after he grows big like you said dad or after he does some yeah he just throws scotty across the room so uh, my question is this though if 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 he's using this thing to harness the power to get his power and harness it why isn't he harnessing the power of the phasers that are hitting it like this guy should have turned into like some mecha dude that would have been amazing. He can absorb the phaser power. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and then they'd be like, damn it, we shouldn't have did that. That would have been amazing. I would have been, been really, like, 
Yeah, yeah, just to be next to these phasers when they were going off, like from the ship, because these are coming from orbit, right? They seem pretty small, too, compared to what they would actually be coming from that starship, I think. Spock's like, I recommend you get... (laughs) They should be like football field wide, I think. (laughs) You don't want to be next to those when they go They didn't disperse. They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty... They're pretty, like, targeted, yeah, for sure, but... Yeah. But they're so... They could take you out. That's George Takai, though, so, you know. Takai. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, he knows how to fire them phasers. He sure does. Remember when Spock tells me he has to scan every part of the planet? He's like, and and he's like, every part of the planet? He's like, is that you got a problem, mister? You know, is this what happens? Yeah, and then he's like, on? well, look where it isn't. And then you'll know where it is. It's like, oh, yeah, that's efficient. We'll be here for years. <laughs> that dress, Jody. What about that dress? Uh, this is the typical Star Trek two boobs, one piece of felt. Uh, that's what this is. I was, she was uh, very happy when she for the record, dress. though, not complaining. Yeah, she wasn't either. She remember she. I think oh, it's one it of the better dresses dress. they had. You know what? Honestly, you know, even though how sexist the show is, let's be honest, it's extremely sexist. Uh, the women always look beautiful. They always, they always like, made. They sure have some amazing way. designs, and like I keep thinking, this is the 1960s, you know, like, and so it's, it was kind of like this. I, I have to appreciate this awakening in terms of fashion, and even just showing a midriff and shoulders and things like that, because it was such a conservative culture in the United States. Even today, it still is, but you know, yeah. then even more so, um, and. She, as long as she likes it, you know, it's good. But I think that, that, that it's, um, they did some interesting things with costume design during this period overall. Um, I think those are all my images. So just reaction images. Yeah. Okay. So just coming back to it. Um, we talked, okay. One thing we didn't talk about was Kirk's plot to sort the original plot he was going to thwart Apollo with, which was like he knew that it, that Apollo was draining power from this thing. And if they could distract him or make him angry enough, that they could maybe make him vulnerable. But uh, McCoy points out to him that this would likely get him killed or get one of them killed. And, and Kirk's response to that is like, yeah, but he won't kill all of us. So we're all going to kind of laugh in his face at the right moment. Um, but Lieutenant Palamas kind of ruins it. I, I think Kirk just thought he had more red shirts down on the planet. Yeah. He didn't that's what it was. He's like, oh, wait a second. We don't have any more red shirts. Oh, fuck. All these Scotties left. I, I thought that when, when Chekhov pointed out the obvious that, you know, he's losing power every time. And then when Kirk goes, you earned your paycheck this week, mister. That was a yeah. funny line. <laughs> Yeah. Or the other line was uh, when he was talking about like um, uh, McCoy's giving a hard time to check off. He's like less detail, and he's like the captain requires uh, full detail. And he's like Spock's been corrupting this boy. I was like that's weird. <laughs> that was just the way he said. That's it. McCoy though. Yeah, nothing new for McCoy. Right. Uh, we talk. I don't know. Like in terms of plot, we've covered most of it. Like honestly, like I don't know what else I'm missing other than this. Um, maybe the, the the ending with Apollo, who decides, much like Hera and the rest of his others, he's not going to die, but he's sort of going to fade into nothing here at the end, right? Once his and once he's away. been defeated, yeah, go away. Um, do you guys sympathize with? Me? Um. You know what? Honestly, when what's what's his name? Michael Michael Forrest, is it? That plays Michael him? Forrest, yeah. Michael Forrest. I have to admit he did a pretty good job near the end though, because he, he started bringing the tears down. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Zeus Hermes. Uh, Harold, yeah. you were right. Yeah, exactly. So it's There's like no room for gods. Forgive me, my old friends. Take me, take me. And then he and Carolyn Carolyn. Yeah, and then blah blah, we're we're done. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 this this episode is a bit of a slow burn. It's not too bad compared to some of the episodes. Some of the episodes are just brutal. But this one at least gives you enough stuff to keep the story going to the point that you're not bored. Yeah. Um, I, I think it could have been over in 40 minutes. Oh, I'm not. I, I'm sure yeah. there's at least 10 minutes of filler in there for sure. Yeah. But what I'm saying is compared to some of those episodes, like some of these episodes are like there's 20 minutes of content and then a lot of talking. And the, the talking gets you nowhere, or the punching, yeah. So, but um, 
the thing is, the thing I liked about this is the fact that Kirk kept getting his comeuppance because realistically, every time he came up with something to do, it got fucked up. So it's like, that's kind of cool. I like The that only thing he does that's effective is convince Lieutenant Palamas to sort of uh, turn on Apollo. Which I would have liked to see Scotty do instead. I would have rather sense. Scotty do that one, yeah. But yeah, Scotty's not involved but, in that conversation. But, 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 but well, he's too busy getting zapped, I guess. But you know, it's it would have been. I, I would have liked to see a little bit of a comic thing where like Scotty got up and his hair was kind of up and kind of. You're the only red shirt on this mission, Scotty. You gotta get beat up. Yeah, you're, you're gonna get you're gonna get shocked the shit out, Val, because you got the red shirt on. That's how it works. Dad, I'm trying to understand this ending. Can you help me understand this ending? Because after this whole episode, once Apollo disappears and he dies, uh, and Kirk has been adamantly fighting against him the entire episode, he goes, you know what? Greek civilization, culture, philosophy, it all came from that. So they were our golden age. Would it have been so bad just to gather a few laurel leaves? And that's where the episode ends. And so Kirk was like, well, maybe he wasn't such a bad guy after all. What do you make of that? I think it's kind of just after it was all over, the pressure was off. You know, it's like, it's like he just probably said, you know, it's, you know, it's nice to have that in, in theory, but you know, you might want to live it in the real world. It's, it's kind of, you know, he's like, Hey, we need to set up a new theme yeah. park, Greek world on, uh, <laughs> or something. Where people get to the world. <laughs> Greek, world. World. Greek world. Yeah. Or Olympian world, maybe. Um. Yeah, it's just a strange. It, the ending, I think, is the is the biggest thing. But uh, to, to that thing I was talking to earlier, I maybe it would have been weirder if it had been this ending with her being pregnant by Apollo and where that's gonna go. That would be. That would be. That would. Yeah, be. that would have been kind of neat. Plus, it would have locked him into doing another episode with her in it eventually, maybe. Yeah, I thought that would that would have been a fantastic ending. Now that now I knew that happened, my goodness. Like if they if they ended this as like they all got back to the ship, she's in you know she comes to med bay and you know she's like you know oh I'm not feeling too well and you know he does a scan he's like you're pregnant and then it goes to credits that'd be amazing. Yes, and what kind of baby would be born? Was it like a con baby or just a regular baby? <laughs> a con baby? I love that. If Apollo himself is half human, then this child would presumably only be a quarter whatever he is, like whatever his whatever his species is. Um, so interesting. But, so instead of harnessing lightning, you probably just harness static electricity. Yeah, <laughs> just run, just run around rubbing his feet everywhere and fucking shocking cats and shit. <laughs> Jody, do you have some fun facts for us? Uh, sure. Really, before you move on, can I just two things though? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, Spock's coaching of Uhura to do the job underneath the count console. Excellent, excellent to see her do something a little more than just sit at the counter with a big thing in her ear. Um. One thing that, that struck me this episode is how awkward the back um, console is for everybody. Uh, the height of it, it doesn't like everybody's like hunched over their bed and they're still yeah, very poorly designed. You mean like the console yeah. that Uhura works and, and yeah, those I mean, when they're sitting down. But if you look at yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the schematics for the actual uh, the actual set, but the set was actually on a tilt. So I think that was or, just to make it so you could see more people's faces. Probably. But when they're standing yeah. at that counter, everybody's always just look very uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, because the counter is up higher than it should be. Well, actually, it's technically lower, but, More but be, because the deck because the deck where they sit on is actually higher. Yeah. So it kind of it kind of squishes them down, right? Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can to stay in frame. Kind of anyway, it was good to see her doing, you know, what typical Scotty does and working working hard there and. Um, I like that that scene, and and again, I'm I'm happy to see Kirk taking some, you know, pulling Palamas back into her duty and reminding her that you know you gotta you gotta save us. This is not just about you here. Yeah, yeah. stop fucking around, lady. Right. So yeah, <laughs> this is like sort of like the the setup of the of the bridge, right? And uh... yeah, so the back the back portion of the set uh, from basically where uh, where Yuhura sets, you can actually see the line there to where the seat is on the opposite side is actually higher than the rest. It's not equal. Right. So, okay. but I think that was because they had to get it so that way people could be in the same scene together a lot. Yeah, it makes That's sense. That's my guess anyway. Yeah, and you got yeah. Kirk sitting in front of that that station too, right? So Yeah. Know. 
Yeah. Wow, I went like totally red here. Hold on. Right. Red alert. Oh no. Red alert. All right, there we go. Gotta love technology. You got a right. red alert. I gotta I gotta put my old man glasses on now. Adam, did you uh, have a second thing you wanted to you mentioned? No, it was it was the console height and it was just the um Bisky Kirk and you know bringing raining back in Palamas and also to see uh, Uhura doing something else than just at the counter. So yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh, so. I think there is some good stuff, but there's also it's a mixed bag this episode. I think overall. Yeah. Dave, what planet was this on? Pollux. Pollux, yeah. Pollux four. Yeah, something. Pollux like four is that? Has that ever been in any other episodes? Uh, four billion years old. I remember that. Yeah, no, it really only appears in this episode. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we never really got a reason why they were there either, did we? No, they were just going by. It was really they were they just, were just like kind of going by, and they're like, "Oh, they right, cool." Kind of and then by. Space Hand shows up, and then yeah, you know. and starts the story. But speaking of Space Hand, roll it. Oh, there you go. All right. So I know you were all eagerly waiting to figure out whose hand that was. It was Gene Roddenberry's. Gene Roddenberry. He's the green space hand. He has a cameo credit just for the hand. In this <laughs> oh, there you go. Just, just, so, just so you know. So that is that wow. is an authentic green uh, Gene Roddenberry hand right there. He's a so, god. No, I know you're all excited about that. All right, let's get into some other stuff here. Uh, Chekhov tells Kirk that he's 22 years old, but actor Walter. I can never say his last name. Kanin. There we go. At the time, it was actually 30 years of Kanin? age. Kanin? Yeah. Uh, so the gown Kanin. that Leslie Parrish uh, wore was glued to her skin to keep it in place, obviously, uh, which was painful for her because it tore her skin when it was removed. Oh, well, some things just happen to happen, you know? Some things. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what can you do, guys? What can you do? Uh, another fun fact here. This is the second of only five episodes of Star Trek that features a question mark in its actual name. Uh, the other ones are the original series. Uh, what are the little girls made of? The original series. Is there, in truth, no beauty? Uh, Star Trek Deep Nine's episode of Who Mourns the Morn? And Discovery's <laughs> episode of Will You Take My Hand? So this is one of five episodes of the entire Star Trek franchise that had a question mark in its name. Uh, either Adam or Joe and or Jody, uh, have you seen the episode Who Mourns for Morn? Uh, it's a DS9 episode, so I must have seen it because I've seen the whole series. I can't remember which one it is. It's kind of a mystery with Morn because we think Morn's dead. Oh, okay, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, that was right. not a bad episode, actually. But it must be a reference to this title, right? Who Mourns for Morn? Who Mourns for Adonais? I believe there might have been a, a little bit of a link there. We'll have to just see. Uh, oh, here you go. That's one I was talking about earlier. In the trailer, the phasers fired by the Enterprise and the Temple are blue. In the episode itself, they are red. They would once again be blue in the remastered version of the episode. So that's the easiest way to figure out if you're running the remaster or not. Uh, another fun fact. Uh, this episode was shown in a scene in the movie X-Men Apocalypse from 2016. I don't know that's how right. exciting that that's is, right. but it, it was in there. Uh, Apollo was the name of the United Space, uh, United States Space Fleet at the time Star Trek was being made. Well, we already can't cover that, I guess, but anyway. Uh, Michael Forrest, who played Apollo, replaced his role as Apollo in the fan-made sequel, Star Trek Continues, Pilgrim of Eternity, which I guess would not be canon, so, I, Dave will not, uh, will not, I will uh, not accept agree it. to that. Will not accept that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the fused charred phaser Kirk holds up as he's speculating about Apollo visiting Earth is the one crushed by Khan in the Space Seed episode. It's the same. It's the same one. Oh. Uh, Michael For Forrest recalled working with his co-stars. Leslie Parrish was a delightful person to work with. No problems. Never any difficulties. Would do just about anything uh, we were going to do and would do it. Uh, she was an excellent, very personable. William Shatner, on the other hand, was a bit of a problem, however. Uh, <laughs> you never saw me standing with him. Uh, 
we were always in different shots. We would be taking or talking, excuse me, uh, to one another, but we would never be on camera at the same time. I'm sure that was what he stipulated because I was so much taller. <laughs> <laughs> so a little oh, bit, wow, a little bit, a little bit of uh, a, a bit of a feud there by the sounds of it. Uh, but uh, well, anyway. it, it 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 fits because let's face it, like Shatner loved being the star of the show, and nobody was going to. Uh, of course, him, yeah, right. Yeah. So. Well, we all know he's he's had a lot of run-ins with various people. Um, uh, Jason Alexander of Seinfeld fame cites this episode as his favorite of the original series, describing it as thought-provoking, beautiful, and very sad. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, I could agree with that to a degree, I guess. Uh, it would have been more sad if they used the original ending. Uh, mm -hmm. Apollo's temple was constructed as an indoor studio set. Swaying trees, courtesy of hidden stagehands, and mm -hmm. dubbed-in bird sounds were combined with stock footage of an outdoor lake and adequately conveyed the illusion of being outdoors. Okay, it did not adequately <laughs> do it. Okay, I, I had forgotten about I this. Knew, but, I knew you were going to run into this. <laughs> but Jane, we, okay, we did this for radio theater. So when we did it, we watched it a few times. And, um, you know, that there was like this one tree on the left that was just shaking a little bit. And we're like, it's just one guy back there shaking a tree. It's obviously all that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, you got to work with what you got, right? All right, so this gets back to one of the previous fun facts. William Shatner was so concerned with the height of disparity he was he, that he was disallowed any shots, but would show him with a much taller Michael Forrest side by side in the same frame. He must have been really mad when he grew up that big size too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Forrest Forrest would often notice Shatner inadvertently standing on his tippy toes. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that doesn't shock me at all. Okay, it says that he's 1.7 meters tall, which is I forget what that works out to be. Um, well, three meters feet. to three feet to a meter, roughly. So he's not like a short. He's shorter than I am. I'm 188 centimeters. Uh, so he's average height. But Michael, but Michael Forrest, uh, five point. He's five nine, five nine and a half. That's what he is. So and then. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get down to this whole uh, what do you name it? Adonis? Adonis. Adonis. Okay, the title the title was taken from Adonis and LG on the death by John Keats of John Keats by Percy Bish Kelly. I'm pretty sure I killed that one up. Uh, line four fifteen reads: Who mourns for Dave? Can say it. Adonis. <laughs> Adonis. Uh, Shelley's Adonis, Adonis. Is, Adonis. Who for Adonis? Is derived from Adonis, a male figure in Greek mythology associated with fertility. So you're technically wrong, Adonis. Ted, I knew but Adonis in a way, was... you're right. <laughs> it's connected, but it's it's they're it's not the same that's word. not the same word, no. And they say it's not the same word. It's so. it's Adonis. I had to put that one in there just to make sure <laughs> Maybe you guys, it's Adonis. Uh, I, I'm not up on my Greek. So I can yeah. Adonis. Yeah. Uh, the producers originally wanted John Voigt for Apollo, but he was hired for another project. So you were definitely right on that one, uh, Dave. John Voigt. Uh, oh, here you go. Uh, the plot of... Steady went on Seinfeld. Yeah, the plot of The God Thing, Gene Roddenberry's rejected script for the first motion picture, was similar to this episode. Star Trek Four, or sorry, Star Trek Five: The Final Frontier, also covered much of the same ground, which would explain why it kind of sucks. All right, um, yeah, I think that's. I think we're pretty good here, Dave. I don't think we need yeah, any more fun good. facts. Yeah, I, I think we've. I think we've had our share. All right. Well, let's let's quantify this episode because we kept saying so 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 so. What does that mean? So let's uh, let's 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 have a look here and bring this up. So who mourns for Adonais? Um, it's, for me, it's above Miri, but not as good as Taste of Armageddon. <laughs> okay, so you're somewhere between four and a half and eight, then, Jody. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, if you want my score now, I'll give you. It's going to be a six. Six. Okay. Uh, Adam, we'll go to you next. I'll take a seven. Seven. Uh, Dad. Uh, six point five. I'll go in the middle. Six and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with Adam on this. I think it's about a seven for me. Uh, actually, I'm going to go a little. I, I liked it better than last week, so I'm going to give it seven point two. So, um, 
that averages uh, exactly at 7.2 uh, for no 6.7 for the four of us and 7.2 is the IMDB score. I'm sorry. And so that averages at 6.9. So these are like we said, below average, but just, just below average. This, these scores, um, there's no Miri, no Miri every no time. Mary. Every, Every time, time. Mary sucks, man. Five point six. Terrible episode. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, then, Dad, where are we going to next? Which strange new world? Oh, if he oh. doesn't have one. I next have week. one. Damn, I got. I got a good one. You'll love it, Jody. The cage. Eh, I hate the cage. You don't like it? The cage. Yeah, yeah I don't like that episode. We already did this. I think we no, did we the didn't. cage. No, well, we no. did. We did this, whatever it's called. Um, we never did the cage. Are you sure? Well, well, no, we didn't do the cage, but we did. Um, we did the episode that's based on it. Yeah, yeah, we did the menagerie. You so you want to go back to Pike? You're looking to do a Pike episode here. Yeah, the cage. I, I wanted to do the ultimate Let's, computer. Is it because I we said can do that one? World? If you want to do that one, we can do that one. Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's you your show, Jed, not mine. I'm good with the ultimate computer. The ultimate okay, computer. Dave, ultimate computer. Yeah. Is it called the yeah. ultimate computer? Okay. I could be wrong. The ultimate computer. Yeah, it's uh, something like that. I don't think this is an episode I know by, at least I don't know it by name. Um, is, it, is it where he talks about the computer to death? Uh, this is where he talks the computer to death. Again? Uh, yeah, again. That's true, yeah. No, it only reminded me because of uh, Steve Shiv's. He released a video today that talked about I don't that. Think episode I know well. this episode. It's uh, a great episode. I do enjoy the episode. It was a good episode. Interesting. Okay. But anyway, hey, if it, Ted wants to do the cage, we'll do the cage. It's fine. I, I want to do this. This is this is Ted. No, no, no. I'm good with that. This is Ted's show, not mine. No, I'm good. I, I like it. I like to get some, uh, you know, outside influence. All right. All right. Well, let's do that one then. <laughs> Just because we did the menagerie and it kind of covers the story of the cage. Yeah, right? it literally covers the whole thing. Right. So okay. maybe we'll okay. we'll do the cage, but let's let's maybe I, there's I'm learning there's episodes I just haven't seen. So I can't believe you haven't seen that one yet. Okay, yeah, this is That's not one, one I know. You know that one, Adam, don't you? No, I, I just really? agree. I, I want to watch it. It looks good. No, season it's a good episode. Twenty yeah. season two, episode twenty four. So it was near the end of this the same season we watched tonight. It's in the thirty must watch. It's list. a good episode. I like it. Day oh, Daystrom. Okay. That's yeah, it's, it's from Day. Yeah, it's uh, Daystrom is on the ship, and they're doing basically they're, oh, they're it's the computer that takes over the Enterprise, and yes. it starts shooting at people and killing like Starfleet officers. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. Okay, this it is might be my favorite episode. This, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I think there's gonna be some interesting things to talk about, even with uh, Star Trek Discovery. It, it ties into AI. And well, that's one of the reasons why I thought of it as well, because I'm like. Because Adam was just talking about Discovery a couple minutes ago, so I'm like, uh, that's kind of right in the bag there. Okay, so we'll be back next Wednesday to talk about the, uh, what's it called? The Ultimate Computer, um, which uh, might not be the Ultimate Computer, right? It sounds like it. So we'll be here to talk about that next Wednesday night. Um, we also are doing multiple podcasts here on uh, Live Long and Podcast. Tuesday nights, we do Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We are watching every episode in a row. We are halfway through the second season right now. We just did Whispers last night, which was an O'Brien O'Brien thought he was going crazy, so check that out. We do that with... Uh, yeah, Keiko's in it, though, so it can't be that good of an episode. Yeah, Keiko's in it. Uh, and then we do this one, and then Thursday nights, we have Star Trek Discovery, as we've been covering the uh, third season, Adam, Michael, and I, and Jane. Um, we've been doing that. where It's been going really well. We've been really happy with this season so far. If you do a recap on that episode, on that season, I wouldn't mind being on it. Yeah, we'll bring you in for the, the, the season one deep dive, or the season three deep dive uh, that we'll do uh, when all the episodes have aired. I have to admit, Adam was right. I am enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. It's really oh, good. It's coming along. We also did Star Trek Lower Decks earlier this summer. Uh, we covered all 10 of those episodes, so check that out in the catalog. And on the weekends, we do Star Trek Radio Theater. We are coming near the end of our first season here. Uh, we have a couple um, uh, final productions coming up. Uh, first, this Saturday night, we're going to be doing Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine's The Gem Hadar. Which is the second season finale from then? We're um, Jody, uh, you're you're in for this one. You're playing third. Oh, okay. Uh, Talakhan, or however you say he's. Like, you're playing the Gemadar. You're playing the 
the title of the episode. As long as I can talk by then, we'll be good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> by Saturday night. Uh, Jeff's going to be playing Commander Cisco. I'm going to be in this as uh, as Eris and Dax and a few others. So check that out. Uh, that will be this Saturday night. And on December 12th, which is in two Saturdays, we'll be finishing up our first season of Star Trek Radio Theater, whereas we'll be doing Star Trek for The Voyage Home. Uh, now, I heard something about this one, Dave. I heard that I had to be brought in because somebody didn't do a character correctly last time. Uh, well, I mean, I may have played Scotty in... Um, a, a, <laughs> Uh, actually, I do have that here. I, I, I brought so when we did this like a couple weeks ago, we did Who Mourns for Adonais, the episode we've been talking about for the last hour. Oh, you did this episode, okay? I, we did this episode. I played Scotty for that one, and I was not good. My Scottish accent was probably the worst. Uh, I, 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 I was asked to come in. I, I know that. Yeah, we're like they're like never again. Uh, this oh, is oh that I, bad. I gotta I, listen to it now. <laughs> I I might oh sorry I might have to um I might have to apologize to the Scottish government for what happened. So <laughs> you may have created like a Simpsons like incident. There's there's been like yeah like uh, threats of war and different things really? across. Getting, yeah, a, lot of, getting a lot of Twitter uh, Twitter uh, stuff. So that, that, I'm right? I'm banned from Scotty. We got it's it's back to you, uh, Jody. To uh, to to uh, sometimes you got to go with the original, I guess. You got to go, got to go with it. So <laughs> check that out. Those are our next two Saturday nights, and we also have other channels, trivial debates, or Adam just competed on that with Jody, and uh, we had Jamil hosting had along with time. Chris Seymour. That was a that was a fun time on Sunday. It was a, it was uh, a hard fight that one. Now I now I know how to do this is working. I have to come back. Yeah, yeah. You were uh, you were going I, against the winningest yeah. champion in history. Am I am I hosting next time? We didn't say who was hosting, but if you want it, you can have it. Um, I think we're well, on. Uh, give, give Adam a fair chance, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd like you to come back and play, so I can actually win. Oh, okay. Well, you let me know if you want me to host or if you want me to. Sure, if you want to like Adam again, put your hand up. But but I will say, Adam and I together, I I think we might be unstoppable. So uh, as a team, yeah, you can remember that. Whoever that uh, whoever that third person's going to be in, that might be a problem. Well, I try to get Chris on every episode because that's the only podcast he does with us. So I always try to like get. Hey, he got a point this time. You got the first point, but then it was all downhill from there. So check that out. And our other channel, which we're not active right now. We're on a bit of a hiatus, but it's Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. Jeff and I talking about Survivor, Big Brother, other shows like Westworld. So check that out uh, over there. And I think that's it. Um, thank you for a great uh, podcast, everybody. And uh, good talking about this episode. And we'll be back next week to talk about the ultimate computer. Until then, live long in podcast and have a good one. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you.